Shadur Sanders is one of the most hyped quarterbacks in college football, but is the hype getting too much? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borba. Um, today, we have a special guest um, on threes, Josh Newberg. Josh, I appreciate you for joining us. Are you ready to talk some Buffs football? Always. Always ready. We love to hear it. Um, he's our Coach Prime. Coach, We call him Coach Prime on this pod. Otherwise, we get ridiculed heavily. Um, <laughs> we He's my Coach Prime guy. Uh, he's been covering Florida State. He's covering all the places that Coach Prime has been. And so what better way to talk about it than to someone who's been everywhere? Um, today, we're talking the pressure on Coach Prime's younger son, Shadur Sanders, the quarterback at Colorado, if you didn't know. Um, the spring game list, which is a pretty much a who's who of – Everyone's going to be there. Um, I'm going to be there, too. Um, no one's recruiting me. I'll just be there. Um, and then we have spring expected standouts. Um, we're going to go over some guys that we think could stand out this spring for Colorado. Um, so without further ado, let's talk about the pressure that Shadur Sanders is under. Um, we've kind of touched on it a little bit in passing, but we haven't really like focused on it. And so can you kind of detail what you think the pressure is on him because we're starting to see Colorado in top 25s we're starting which the national championship bets are just I mean go ahead and burn your money however you want to burn it but I mean there's still some pressure in terms of what he can do with this program and so could you kind of touch on the pressure Shadur is facing yeah he's entering his third year of being a starting quarterback and he's coming from the HBCU level to the Pac-12 and you know there's going to be a transition there that he's going to have to make and I think that the pressure, though, that Shador is under, is there pressure? Absolutely, there's pressure. Why is there pressure? One, because, you know, he was at Jackson State where they were doing something that's never been done before at that level, or at least they were trying to. And now he's going to have to prove himself at the Pac-12 level. And he has the spotlight on him, you know, from his father, from himself. Shador Sanders himself has always been a big-time prospect. I remember actually watching – Shador Sanders as he was entering his sophomore year of high school I believe um Deion Sanders brought Shador to Tallahassee to camp at Florida State as he was heading into his sophomore year back then Willie Taggart was the coach they offered Shador prior to the camp he came in through uh and he went on to do that at multiple colleges so Shador Sanders, like his father, has been under the spotlight for quite some time. So even though we can say that there's pressure on him, will that pressure affect his play? I don't think so. Ultimately, what will affect Shador Sanders' play is his preparation, his execution, and his camaraderie with his teammates at Colorado. I think those three things are more important than any pressure that's on him. Yeah, I think, and too, the pressure, like you mentioned, comes from his father, Um I I've totally forgot about this, but they actually had a reality show um, some time ago that followed the sand. I don't even remember what it was called, but the just cameras, the cameras were there when he came to Tallahassee. Right. <laughs> so he's yeah. kind of always been in the spotlight, whether it was in the college football spotlight or, or the true TV spotlight, wherever the, the show was aired. But I also think just being a coach's son kind of adds that pressure to um, just inadvertently. I think we look at people like Dylan McCaffrey uh, who played for his dad and the expectations were higher than the results um, one could say and so I think Colorado fans are hoping that doesn't happen with Shadur but 
I also think the pressure is there because the national attention that the program is getting um, ESPN televising it. This is the only game that ESPN, uh, the spring game, excuse me, is the only game that tell ESPN is going to be televising. And then just the overall, if you look at Twitter every day, Colorado's probably trending um, for someone like myself who covers Colorado um, and gets paid for covering Colorado. Great. It's great for me, um, but it does add more pressure. Don't you think? Yeah, but pressure can burst pipes and pressure can also make diamonds. Oh, so you got to figure out which one it's going to be for Shador. And from from me following Shador and Deion Sanders himself, I don't think the pressure means a whole lot to these guys. I mean, like I said, they Shador himself is playing for himself. He's playing to prove that he is a quarterback that can play at the highest level. I mean, he did that in Dallas football. Uh, Dallas high school football, he played at a very high level and won. He's done it at an HBCU level, and now they're going to move over to the Pac-12. Deion Sanders, Shador Sanders, they welcome the pressure. Yeah, and if you guys didn't know, uh, Texas football is kind of a big deal. They, they kind of care about Texas football down there, just a little. Um, so the pressure's been on. I mean, he's yeah. never been in a scenario where there isn't pressure. Even at Jackson State, you know, the, mm-hmm. all eyes were on them to see if they were going to come in and, and truly dominate, and Shador played well. Yeah, and I think the Jackson State point before I move on to, I think there was – I won't say more pressure, but just as much pressure for him to succeed there because he was a four-star recruit that had the Bama offer, the Florida State offers. And so if he doesn't pan out at Jackson State where they theoretically are not as talented, um, then what what do you make of him? And so I think the pressure, it's as we kind of talk about it more, it just seems like something he's grown up with and it'll be something that he continues to grow up with. And it happens when you have a famous father. Um, This is a cross-sport comparison um with a less famous father but the ball brothers out of mm-hmm. um, i'm from california and so the ball brothers when they were coming up were just the pressure was on them at all times their gyms were packed out or packed and their dad had a lot to say and so i think it kind of when you have a outspoken father and then expectations like you said i liked your pressure saying i'm, I'm gonna take that and trademark that as my <laughs> own and <laughs> um, that one that one sound practice and i love that one um before we move on this is the midway point of the NBA season, it's here and now, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. I myself am always confident in a Nikola Jokic triple-double, rebounds, assists, whatever it may be, Steph Curry threes. Those, those are the easy ones. If you want to go crazy with the points, go ahead. Um, that's not me. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, I talked about it. I don't remember. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I just listed who was coming to the Colorado spring game. Um, It's basically every five-star and four-star you can imagine. I have my list is at, I think, 17 confirmed people. And I'm sure that with about a month until the game, um, I'm sure that number will grow to 20 or 30 if it hasn't already. Um, Sometimes you find who's coming in like the bottom of articles. And so uh, what can Colorado fans expect from the spring game? And what can the program themselves expect from all the recruits? Because I know recruiting is one of your main lanes. Yeah, and and having covered many a spring game, many a big visitor lists, I can tell you one thing. Recruits love to say that they're coming, and they don't always show up, put it that way. But 
here's here's what it is. Uh, sometimes the truth hurts, right? But at least with the spring game, when it comes and passes, you're going to look at who was there and you're going to look at who was not there. In coming out of spring, Colorado fans can definitively put anybody that visited Boulder, Colorado from about January 1 until the, what is it, the spring game, April 22? Yep. Those those prospects that took the time to go to Boulder on their own dime to go check out what's happening there, those are the guys that are truly on the board. Now, there's other prospects. There will be other prospects that one said that they're coming and didn't show. There's going to be a lot of guys that say that they're interested in what Coach Prime's doing in Boulder but haven't checked it out yet. Okay, you kind of put those off to the side. The ones that have taken the time to actually – Step foot on campus. Those are your prime primary targets, not prime targets, but primary targets. <laughs> and then the rest, you want to see, okay, the next box that you check is, do they make it on campus for summer camp? If they don't make it on campus for summer camp, at this point, with Dion only being on, on campus for about four or five months now, if they're not in for the spring or summer, then it most likely in the 2024 cycle, those guys are out. I mean, yeah, maybe we've seen what Dion can do down the stretch, but in the in a matter of a, of a full cycle, which Dion's in right now, I think seeing who comes on campus is vitally important to truly understanding what the recruiting board's going to look like heading into the vital summer months, because the summer months are now equally as important as you know having covered recruiting for a long time it was always november december january were the were the were the big months of recruiting where everything goes down now it's really the summer june and july have fully replaced december january as the most exciting recruiting months of the year so what we're seeing for the spring game is going to be step one to getting these guys back on campus in the summer for, I know uh, Colorado is going to do, I think two elite camps Mm -hmm. and maybe a seven on seven. I think those dates have been released uh, recently. So it's kind of everything builds. And then after the summer, you want to get them back on campus for a game. And that's probably where you use the official visit. Now, Colorado will use some official visits in the spring summer, but I think they'll use a majority of the official visits in the, in the fall. And guys that came in the spring that come back in the fall, I mean, now we're now we're cooking. Yeah. It's I think all that's, about those points of contact. That's a great point because I think um the spring game, obviously it's I could say I'm going, you could say you're going, and then we just decide, you know what, we're just gonna go grab lunch and we don't go, or something something comes mm-hmm. up and something and, and always you, and, and you could as a recruit genuinely wanna go. Right. But it's different than, you know, being a, a kid from California and going to USC or being a kid from Florida and going to the Gator game. It's it's different. You know, this is a destination trip because mm-hmm. let's face it, Boulder, Colorado isn't exactly a a hotbed of recruiting talent like in Dallas, Texas or right. Miami, Florida. And, you know, so so there's so, there's a lot of pros to being at Buffalo or being in in. Uh, Buffalo and there's a lot of kind of hurdles that are unique to coach prime's job yeah I think that's a great point because when I compiled my list I put the ranking position so it's I think there's five five stars coming in a handful of four stars and then I put the state where they're from because that's important too and so there's a couple guys from DC there's a couple not a couple there's I think there's five guys from Florida Louisiana Texas and Texas is probably 
yeah, Georgia too. Texas is probably the closest state in proximity, and they're still separated by not to be all geography on you. I got it. I got an A in geography, though. I will admit, um, there's a couple states between them, and so they have to kind of deal with. It, like Josh said, it's on their own dime. Um, official visits, that's when you kind of get the red carpet mm-hmm. rolled out for you. Um, non-official, kind of just by pure interest, um, that's when mom and dad are kind of having to fork over and use those airline points. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we don't really focus on, or we haven't focused yet enough on who's actually going to be there. Like we have names and verbal commitments, if you will, which verbal commitments. And it's call- fun. It's fun yeah, to look at that fun, visitor list. Fun to think and, about and, at least these guys are expressing interest because when somebody like a John Garcia or Chad Simmons or some a reporter goes up to these kids at a big event like a, a, a Nike combine or an Under Armour combine and he says, hey, what are you, what's your visit schedule for this spring? A lot of them are mentioning Colorado and that's step one. Now you got to mm-hmm. get them on campus. Now you got to get them on campus again. And, and that's how it works. But I will say one thing, having covered every program in the country, I do think that Dion. I'm sorry, Coach Prime <laughs> no, is a bit is a bit of a wild card when it comes to this general rule that I have of points of contact because he's shown that a, a, a Travis Hunter, a Cormani McLean can happen on just one contact or no contact on mm-hmm. on the on the home field. So I, you know, you got to kind of talk with a little bit of caution when you when you speak on Coach Prime and the recruiting board. Yeah, and I think. Coach Prime, his window of opportunity is until pen is put to paper and then mm-hmm. that is faxed to whatever school. Um, that That is his window of opportunity. So even right. if it's not um, throughout the year, like Travis Hunter was completely out of left field. I think there was – he offered and it was like, okay, cool, HBCU offer. And we kind of saw it in basketball recruiting too. There was where one they- unofficial visit. He took an unofficial visit. Oh, I don't right. even think it was an official visit. Mm-hmm. He took one unofficial visit to a game in the – back end of the season it kind of flew under the radar right uh, it got reported like a week later or something because at that and... point he was already a year long or a year and a half long florida state commit. Oh, yeah. so it was like just just exploring he's from mm-hmm. he's from near there um, yeah it was so... like oh it's not even an official visit it's a it's an unofficial visit but that's the lens that you look at th- look through it in in a traditional recruitment Mm-hmm. Coach Prime isn't traditional. He's no. able to do things like that where a recruitment can change on a dime. I mean, if I'm dissecting a recruitment, even if it's like, say, you know, a Brian Kelly at LSU, who's proven to be a great recruiter, if he didn't get, you know, if it's the end of this cycle and I'm looking back on it and this kid didn't visit in the spring and he didn't visit in the summer and he only went to LSU one time during the season, I'm going to I'm going to kind of brush that off as LSU's not really in it. But you can't mm-hmm. do that with Colorado. It's just different. Yeah, and I think especially too, he we kind of saw this during the his initial couple months on the job. People were committing without ever stepping foot on on mm-hmm. campus, and so the window is always there. Um, before we move on, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bus your first listen every day. For your second second listen, excuse me, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shad and um, Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Those guys will help you out with March Madness facts and everything you need to know. They helped me out with my bracket. I already called the the first episode of the day. I called Virginia getting sent home early. I called that one. They helped me out. Um, we are now going to move on to the spring standouts. Um, people we think can stand out for the spring ball, if you will. Uh, we have there's freshmen there. There's transfers everywhere. Um, give me a couple name. It it's basically everyone's new. Um, what we do know is everyone's new. Um, there's a few returning guys, uh, but 
let's kind of dive into the new faces and who you expect to stand out for coach prime in this premature spring discussion. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see what it looks like when Travis Hunter takes the field on both offense and defense. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Cormontan would know Cormontan McClain's not here for the spring, Mm -hmm. but that's an all that'll also be something I'm looking forward to seeing is, is Cormontan on one side and Travis Hunter on the other. I think we'll see that early and often in in this upcoming season. Um, Trent, well, you know, Shador, we, we hit on Shador. I think mm-hmm. just having watched him a little bit more on Shador, having watched him since his uh, early in his high school career, I've really noticed him mature. And of course that's going to happen with time, but not only in his personality, but mainly his arm strength. I think having seen some videos um, of him throwing at Colorado, it just seems like the ball snapping out of his hands a little bit more naturally, a little bit more oomph on it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see his maturation that has been taking place over these years and where it goes from here. Uh, Jimmy Horn, I was I was really high on Jimmy Horn when he was leaving USF. Not not just because he was going to Colorado, but I thought he was one. I honestly believe he was one of the most electric players in the state of Florida last year out of every, you know, out of Florida state, Florida, Miami, USF had one of the most explosive wide receivers in the country or in the state. And now he's heading to Colorado. So I like that move. Um, Dylan Edwards. I don't know. If Dylan Edwards is on campus yet. I don't know if he's an early enrollee. Yeah. Him and Jimmy he Horn is. raced. Yeah. They raced. It okay. was a very, very quick one too. Four, three, four, four ish for both of them. <laughs> Well, when he flipped from Notre Dame late in the cycle, I mean, you, I circled that as one of these early impact guys because he plays a position at which you can make an early impact at running back. So um, those are some guys I'm excited to see. So many transfers, so many ways that this roster is going to be worked through uh, throughout the spring. I'm really – I'm going to be locked in. Yeah, I think the best part about the spring game too is, one, it's our closest thing to real college football that we'll get for yeah. about four months. Um it's like the our, our little fix before we go, because um, then we enter that period where it's just the end of basketball and baseball, softball and all the spring sports that we love so much. It's just not the same. Um, but yeah, the spring game gives us our little fix. And so one of the transfers that we are very high on here on Locked on Buffs is Sadie Traore, the tight end. Um, and we're most we're high on him because one receiver background, very big mismatch Two. He's going to test Sean Lewis. Um, I think a lot of people are hyping up Sean Lewis and respect, like, rightfully so. He's a great offensive mind, but he doesn't use tight ends, like, rarely ever. His tight ends have average about, like, 8 to 10 catches. 10 was the maximum in the past few years. And I don't think you bring in a guy like Sadu Traore and throw him the ball 10 times during the season. Um, I just don't think that's, one, that probably wouldn't be acceptable. Two, that'd be a waste of talent. Um, He could be your best pass catcher on the team um, in all reality. And so that's the one I'm very excited about. Um, well, you call him a tight end, and and I understand why you have excitement. I think calling him a tight end kind of dulls a little bit of that excitement. Right. But it's six four two ten. Yeah, there's there's teams that have uh, players at six four two ten at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. on their roster. I know he comes in at tight end, but like you said, he's a dynamic playmaker. It'll provide him some mismatch opportunities. And like you said, I don't think we're going to see him in like this uh, standard inline eye formation blocking role like he's gonna right. be flexed out they're gonna do some cool stuff with them uh yeah i think he's gonna be a dynamic piece to the offense yeah i think he's gonna have to push sean lewis a little bit to kind of figure out um because sean lewis is obviously he was a head coach at kent state mm-hmm. offensive mind one of the best young offensive minds in the sport and he's gonna kind of have to change his 
schematics up a little bit just to figure out a way to get all these guys the ball, figure out who could go where. Because Jimmy Horn, like you mentioned, and people always love to remind me, is he could he could take handoffs, he could return kicks, punts. And so a lot of these guys are multifaceted. And mm-hmm. I think Sidhu Traore is one of those guys. Um, on the defense end, I'm looking for names like Demoy Kennedy. Um, he kind of has the the leg up uh, being yeah, that Charles from Alabama. Yeah, Charles Kelly's a defensive coordinator. He has the leg up. Um, I think in spring right now that there's two position groups that I look at that have an advantage for Colorado not being able to get transfers right now, um, unless they're grad transfers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive line and then linebackers because they all they have they have names they have obviously bodies, but they don't have like solidified like say do or say do Troy or excuse me, DeMar Kennedy, um, limited experience at Alabama. Um, they tried him at running back a few times. He kind of was a hit, hit and miss, um, played some here and there, but he was not a consistent starter, um, was not yeah. a key. So this is a, a big moment for him to kind of lock down that starting spot. Same with the But you got to think that he comes over. Charles mm-hmm. Kelly, I don't think, approves that transfer. Right. Unless he feels that he can make a difference in that defense. So well, absolutely, I think yeah. that's a very good sign, the fact that Charles Kelly – I know for a fact, approve that transfer. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, he he wouldn't have thought that he has a chance to play there. Right. But I, the linebacker and offensive line positions as a whole, they're the ones that are, I would say, the most question mark-y uh, throw a wide. Yeah, and I, I also, in, in this day and age, everybody wants offensive linemen. Everybody needs offensive linemen. Even teams that we think have, quote, good offensive lines are still looking for upgrades in the portal. So, that being said, I think it's more oh, it's going to be a work in progress for Colorado, and it's up to them to kind of scheme around some of the deficiencies, figure out what you can do on offense, and then scheme around some of the things that you can't do mm-hmm. maybe in year one, but it will get better up there. Yeah, and I also and this is like I'm not no controversy intended. I just want to see who's going to back up Shadur. You know, we don't really know about quarterbacks. <laughs> like I know obviously Shadur is the quarterback. He's unless something happens, uh, God forbid, we know who the quarterback is. It's just interesting to see what they do at quarterback because they have a couple guys that – they have one guy that threw a few passes last year, and then it's uh, some freshmen. And so do they maybe go to the portal? Does a freshman emerge as a uh, – because the best position to be in football is the backup quarterback, um, obviously, hey, if you're it, not going to play. It, it, I know on paper it doesn't seem important who the backup for Shador Sanders is, but in reality it is because let's say should let's just say Shador uh, gets a little banged up and he's got to miss three series and it's a conference game and it's the middle of the fourth quarter and you're down by three points. In reality, it really matters who the backup to Shador Sanders is because that could be a win. You know, Mm -hmm. if he just needs to fill in for three series, it's got to be somebody that can do more than just take the team from the huddle to the line. It's got to be someone that can take a snap and make some plays. Right. And we talked actually yesterday, John talked with Danny O'Neill, the the recruit that Colorado is highly prioritizing um, for the 2024 class and mm-hmm. kind of just talked about what he brings to the, his skill set. And so if you guys want to check that out, go find that. But he, he says that obviously we know that Shador is the quarterback for the foreseeable future. He's, he has at least two years, maybe three, if he can get the COVID year um, feels like everybody has at least eight years of feels like we're all in doctorate programs in college right now. It's just, yeah. everybody's got eight years of eligibility and we'll figure it out as we go. But the backup quarterback position is probably one of the most overlooked positions in football. Um, we mm-hmm. saw it at Texas with Hudson card. Um, he was a very key backup for them. Alabama had Jalen Monroe, who while some fans expected more, he still did the job was serviceable enough. And 
Um, you just need to have someone who could come in and not only I, I look at Oklahoma and as someone who covered Texas, I'm not trying to poop all over Oklahoma. It's just they put in Davis Bevel after Dylan Gabriel went down and it just wasn't the same. Um, I think we could all admit looked like he had once I had never played quarterback, but it was very steep fall off. And so having mm-hmm. someone who could kind of at least instill some confidence and keep the offensive playbook going from 100 to 50 pages, maybe go from 100 to 75 pages, you know, um, before we go, Josh, I want you to address this question that I just I've kind of been thinking about in my head. And I talked about it yesterday. What is a successful spring for Coach Prime and the Buffs? So is it a couple commits um, from the spring game? Is it um, a couple transfers? Is it an emerging star? Ooh, I think it's a little combination of both. I think it's it's putting together a good product on the field for that spring game. One, because a lot of recruits will be there. And mm. two, it's going to be broadcast on national television. So I think this is a big opportunity for exposure for the program um, in, in the way that the program wants the exposure. Like this is what it's really about. It's about what's going on on the football field. So I think – if they can, they can have a successful spring game where nobody gets hurt. Shador Sanders looks good. They get the ball to some of their playmakers. They get the ball in the hands of some of their transfers. Recruits are going to take notice. To me, commitments coming out of the spring game don't really matter. What I do know, though, is some of the recruits that end up making it to Boulder, Colorado and seeing that Buffalo spring game will end up signing with with Colorado by the time signing day rolls around. Now they might not commit, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't make them any better of a prospect if they Mm. commit early as opposed to if they commit on signing day. So I will say though, that even if they don't get a single commitment based on who shows up, a a, a certain percentage of those guys will end up signing with Colorado. Yeah. The love, I love the who shows up part because that means they, they show they care. Um, you guys always get on me in the comments when I say it's brisk in April in Colorado, I'm from California. These guys are from Texas and Florida, so it's not as brisk as it is there. So for what, for you, what's not cold for us is a little chilly. So for these guys to be in a place where it's a little chilly, um, spend their own dime shows a big, a big care, a big passion yeah. for the program, or at least they're so there's so much hype right now. There's so much excitement. Mm-hmm. If you're a Colorado fan, I get it. You're seeing all these, like not just big name recruits, but you're seeing number one players at their position. Like you got right. Colin, Steve, uh, Colin Simmons and Kobe black and just one after another of number one players at their position. Well, it all sounds so great, but it's like you want to take the temperature and see what's real. And the, mm-hmm. the spring game is going to give you an opportunity to start to see like what's real amongst all the hype that's happening. Yeah. And I think I've kind of, I myself have been hyping up the spring game in terms of this is a big moment for coach prime recruiting wise, because, and I'm not trying to be a pessimistic person, but this is, it's going to come off that way during the season. Um, I, I expect them six wins ceiling. Um, sure. Seven wins. Great. Eight wins fantastic um crazy yeah out out of the roof we're celebrating we're we're getting drinks downtown um but here's the thing there's a good chance that there's going to be some tough losses and they have a tough schedule and just going off of scheduling wise there's going to be a lot of colorado in a negative light Uh, me and john talked about this too is people want to shoot down the program um anytime any program kind of gets a little swagger to them people want to shoot them down Um, same thing with texas uh, USC, uh, whatever, whoever it may be, name a program. People want to shoot them down. And social media, that's what we do. Um, it's the shoot down business. And so as soon as Colorado loses their first game, 
um, people are going to be like, oh, there goes Coach Prime. There's the guy that everybody said was the GOAT or whatever. And so having a good experience on spring game kind of reinforces good thoughts because this is, for some guys, their last visit until the next season. And so I like having the last visit for a lot of a lot of people just because you get those thoughts fresh in your mind and Colorado's fresh on fresh on the brain. And so never hurts to be fresh on the brain. Yeah, no. And you're right. The, the, the season's going to start and the games are going to get played and there's going to be some losses, mm-hmm. but let's not kid ourselves. This is Deion Sanders off season. He is the king of this off season because mm-hmm. he's not going to lose a game. And they're just going to keep getting more hype, more hype, more hype. And yet, once the season starts, people are going to take their shots. But look, Coach Prime knows that's coming. He's ready for it. The recruiters that he has on staff will be able to weather that storm and continue to sell the narrative that Colorado's trying to push out there. And I think, you know, they're, no, they're not going to sign all these five stars that we see RSVPing for the spring game. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested because i do think that they're gonna they're gonna pick off a couple of them yes they will i do think that they're gonna recruit really well this cycle no matter how well they play on the field because in year one coaches typically get a pass and especially somebody like Dion coming to colorado where where typically big time recruits don't go i still think no matter what happens on the field this season a lot of recruits are still going to give coach prime the benefit of the doubt and recruiting will you know kind of just take off from there yeah, he's one of the coolest coaches in America. Josh, you're one of the coolest guys in America. We appreciate yeah, you joining. Right. We appreciate you joining. Um, before we go, you guys need to make sure you go grab your bracket and go listen to Locked On College Basketball and Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcast on YouTube. Um, you could go on Locked On Buffs. It's somewhere on there if you're that interested in your bracket breakdown. Um, we are Locked On Buffs. So you can find us wherever you get your podcast. You YouTube, Spotify, wherever it may be. We appreciate you, Josh, for joining us. You guys can find Josh on Twitter um, right there. I have it under his name. Josh, tell him about your little projects and adventures before we go. Yeah, I'm new here at On3, started on September 1st. I have a show called The Inside Scoop, a recruiting show that airs every Monday and Thursday on YouTube. So go check out our On3 YouTube page. Mm, we lo- Go check out Josh. He's got all the insight. He's a big Florida guy, too. Um, for some reason, me and the Florida guys, we're, we're meshing well. California to Florida. <laughs> two best states, maybe. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about it. That's another day. Yeah, there you go. day but not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. We love Colorado. Go Boulder and all that. Um, but we appreciate you coming on. And we appreciate you guys for listening. Have a great day. Right. See you tomorrow. See ya.